0: Love Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Hey, good morning. Yes, indeed. The war is real. Welcome to the war. Father, we pray right now for the power of your strength, the power of your wisdom, your counsel, your spirit to do the work in and through us. that We cannot do ourselves, Lord. I pray that you give us grace to receive your grace. I pray that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive and rest in the revelation of the finished work of Jesus Christ. That the gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of rest and good news. It's a gospel of serving, but serving from the point of being converted, Father. So I thank you, Jesus, for you demonstrating the example of servants, servanthood in dying for us, totally laying down your life, giving it up, completely emptying it out, every part of it, every drop of your blood, mm-hmm. to do the work, to finish the work, to stand against the enemy with the enemy would have no, not one no, essence of any crumb of a reproach against you. Nothing on you, nothing in you, nothing against you that he could use to build a case against your finished work on the cross in the court of heaven. And so I thank you, Jesus, now for giving us desire, desire to follow you, desire to serve you, desire to die that we might live, Lord God. And in living, we, uh, in giving and giving up and losing everything, we gain everything. So, Father, I pray that today, as we t- talk about being servants, you'd teach us the great position, the great honor that it is to be servants of the kingdom of God, servants of the most high, servants of the plan and purposes of the almighty, eternal, everlasting God. We ask you also for divine covering of protection that no weapon formed against us will prosper as the enemy often tries to assault us, Lord God, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by him to bring forth shame or incrimination, loss of hope, uh, loss of righteous reward, Father God, we pray now for for your will to be done, and your wisdom, Father, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hey, welcome, welcome to the war. Welcome to um, the bright side of, of identity and being well, a servant.
1: Yeah, a couple times ago we talked about the dark side of identity yeah. and how you know people, you know, we have an identity crisis. We get an identity by opinions of people. Uh, over us, uh, our own ideas of who we are, and, and the world tries to conform us with a certain identity that's really not us.
0: Yeah, Clothes so, c- us with, puts it on us.
1: Right. P- puts, imposes it on us. It on us yeah. Right. Pours us in, in, in uh, Romans chapter 12 uh, I think verse 2, it says do not be conformed to this world mm-hmm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the word conformed there means like, you know, if you put, you know, jello in a jello mold, yeah. it, it's conformed mm-hmm. to the shape of that mold. And so the world is trying to shape us into its form, and which is really a false identity. So we have talked about that, but now we've been exploring
0: well, the, pro- the, the last
1: couple of times yeah. about our, our true identity. And we find a true identity. Marjorie in coming to, oh Jesus, when we know him. Uh, we come to knowing him, our identity is found in Christ, and some of the aspects that we 're talking about are the various um, uh, I could say shades or various aspects of our identity as who we really are in christ people will say well i 'm looking for i 'm trying to find myself, well, we find ourselves by finding ourselves in Christ, and basically. You know, Ephesians talks about that all the time mm-hmm. in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And so one of the greatest uh, descriptions of Jesus, one of the greatest places of uh, identity that he took on was that of uh, a servant. Mm-hmm. He humbled himself, Philippians chapter two, and, and, and became a servant, became in the likeness of men
0: right? Uh, because for he, our sake. Yeah, because Jesus was walking in the spirit. And I think for the first element of identity and understanding our identity and being on the right side or the bright side of identity is to understand that there are still, there's still the the natural man option. Like you were talking about in uh, first Corinthians chapter two, it says um, that uh, we, verse 12 now we have received not the spirit of the world. That's what you're talking about being conformed to that world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So this, Transformation is not something we learn or something we try to understand. It is something we know we, that we might know. God wants us to know that we can know these things and not to be double minded and, and easily knocked over by the devil 's arguments against us, um, because they have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words with men's wisdom teach which, which men 's wisdom teaches but which the Holy spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So what we're talking about today is if you're going to try to understand being a servant of the most high God in it with your natural mind, it's not going to work uh, because it doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. This is, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things yet. He himself rightly judges uh, is rightly judged by no one. Um, for who has known or who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So really what we're doing here is, is moving into another mindset, a totally different dimension, moving in the spirit, moving in knowing, not moving out of our soul and into our spirit to get this identity of being a servant.
1: It's not something that we create. It's something that we discover and realize. You know, it's something what happens is we, we think we have to do something to be something. right. You know, if I if I get uh, an education uh, in business administration, then I can be a I can be a business administrator, right. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But so but we come to Christ and we find our identity in him, who we really are. So it's not something that we impose upon ourselves. It's something that God has uh, identified us as. Right, and the then we, en- we enter mm-hmm. into that. We enter into that by faith. We enter into that by uh, just obedience. Uh, uh, First of all, it takes a realization. um,
0: Yes, that realization is very important because you know what it really all boils down to is that we're made in the image of God, and then we're thrown into this snake pit of this world, and and the whole process causes us to lose sight of that identity, that made in the image of God, uh, spiritual nature, and the fight is between God and saying to keep God to bring us back to who we are in the righteousness, the holiness, the justice, the truth that he made us to love and want and seek. And the enemy trying to persuade us that we are what we do and we are what the world says we are. Um, so this really becoming a spiritual being, being restored to being that spiritual son or daughter of the Most High God, which requires, of course, other things like being a servant. There is a transformation um, we, we, we remove, would we be moved from being merely a functional, carnal man who has the potential for comprehending God into uh, being one who functions in the spirit and mind of Christ.
1: And, and that happens by the impartation of life to us.
0: God's life. You know, the yeah.
1: God's life. Remember, remember, Nicodemus came to Jesus. He was a ruler of the Jews, Pharisee. He came to jesus by night and said uh, you know what's what what do i do we you're a teacher come from god i want to learn something more mm-hmm. and jesus said unless a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of god so whoever whatever station in life from the lowest to the highest and highest worldly position that's of no avail educated uneducated powerful right. weak right. what Rich matters poor, is yeah. becoming uh Christ, born again, receiving yeah. a new life. That's because Bible and living says living
0: by the power of that new life.
1: Right. In in Ephesians two, it talks about that. We are dead unto sin. We're dead and we're dead in sin. And you who are quickened, yeah. made alive, who were dead in sin. So there's a, a new life that comes in. It's the life of God yeah. that enters into us, that enables us to fill, fulfill these many, uh, it's a multi dimensional identity that we have.
0: Yeah, it's that. It's new,
1: not that we're a uh, multi personality. No. It's no. not a split personality. It's a new
0: identity. It's, it's a new
1: identity mm-hmm. that is, is multifaceted.
0: But it's ignited by the salvation, the born again, as he was talking to Nic- Nicodemus, that agreement to enter into that new world. Uh, and, and taking the red pill, the blue pill kind of thing. It's, it's an agreement to enter into another dimension of understanding. And so the natural man really is, is controlled by the body of death. Um, the things that are eternal, uh, in, including this walking the spirit, are, he doesn't care about them. They appear undesirable. There's no real motivation for procuring them. The world is not pursuing God. They're not chasing after the will of God. Carnal man is really <clears throat> dead. He's unaware of, he's blind to, not interested in, unaffected by the things of God. He's not moved or motivated um, to move in a higher dimension or pursue a call to uh, something other than to satisfy his own carnal appetites. And we see this being the destruction of mankind. When they pursue their own appetites, whether it's food or, or indulgences in anything, it actually brings them to destruction. So the only way we can actually grow and uh, prevail against the the body of death that operates in us as a download of Satan's work. The only way we can live is to actually die to that carnal man and begin to seek and search out the higher things of the spirit of God. And one more thing on that side note, a lot of people are pursuing what they call a spiritual walk with a God, their God, themselves as God, whatever they're doing. But that that is not anchored in the word of God. It's anchored in their own ideas of what spiritual stuff. And and Satan has provided those kinds of options. The New Age is a good example of that. The occult, they're walking in spirits, in the power and control of spirits, but it's not the spirit of the living God, which is benevolent and desires us to grow and become uh, with him, one with him, like him.
1: And all of it is human effort motivated right. often, you know, most of the time by Satan himself and fear and, and fear. And, fear. And, and, you know, the disciples, one day came to Jesus. They said, Jesus asked them a question in, in Mark chapter 10. He says, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> now <laughs> There's, you know, there's, if you, you want a great study in the Bible, look at the questions Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? And they said, well, you know, when you grant to us that mm-hmm. we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. In other words, they wanted to be top dogs. They wanted to be appointed. They, they wanted yeah. to be in a at a high place. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, we want to be people. Want to be the the, the, so, the wealthiest? They want. We want to. We strive to be the best. And there's nothing wrong with excelling in something that we do.
0: Didn't, didn't, and, and didn't that's, Jesus? That's good. Didn't Jesus in that? Answer then, didn't he say, Are you willing to what, suffer the baptism that I'm going to be right?" He with? said, Are you willing to do what I'm going to do? Said, <laughs> are you willing yeah, to follow me? Right.
1: He said, You do not know you, what you ask. Yeah. And are you able to drink with the cup that I drink and mm-hmm. be baptized with the baptism yeah. I am Baptist? In other words, are, a cost you, are, are, are you the willing call. to pay the yeah. price?
0: But, yeah, that's and, right.
1: and then the other guys, the, got mad. the other disciples got mad at him and said, Well, you guys are just trying to be top dogs. You're trying yeah. to beat us. So there's this whole complaint
0: carnal competitive. yeah competitive and carnal because it, that's not how you get to be great in the kingdom guys not through competition
1: well jesus made it very clear he says and jesus didn't just chew them out he taught them yeah. he says here's mm-hmm. an opportunity to really teach mm-hmm. one of the most important lessons in all of the life that we have in following Jesus. And
0: his example. He said, mm-hmm.
1: you know that those who are considered, Mark ten forty two considered rulers over the Gentiles, lord it over them. Mm-hmm. And their great ones exercise authority over them. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. There are people there in power and like to kind of throw their weight around. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you mm-hmm. shall be your servant. And whoever you of you, whoever you desires to be first shall be slave of all. And e- for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Okay. It's like, you know, in other words, the greatest person is the one. It's not me, but it's the one who serves me. And, and he says, mm-hmm. if you desire to be first, you'll be slave of all. Now, we have this idea of of. of Freedom, slavery. We think of, oh yeah. man, we're beaten yeah. and we're in chains. We have no freedom. freedom. right. But the thing in the spirit of God, in the kingdom of God, the slur, the servant, the slave, the love slave mm-hmm. becomes uh, free, free, truly mm-hmm. free. We become free through becoming servants.
0: That's right. He said, you know, going back to that, what you just read, that you know, the the higher concepts of servanthood was what Jesus was talking about. And the kingdom of God is seems to be backwards to everything we've been taught. It they is. were told to lay down their life in order to have their life. Um, they were told we were told to let go in order to gain and give away in order to keep. And these are not comprehensible to the carnal mind. The spiritual mind uh, man responds really to a higher calling and to the faith of believing that if I give, I, it's not, I'm not giving so I can get it back. I'm giving because giving is now my nature. I'm, I'm laying down my life because love is my nature. Um, it's, it's now I'm being made more like God because God is love. He, so he's turning, bringing his children back through this snake pit of life and through Satan's obstacle course into another, a, a, back to the revelation of who we really are. We're made to be holy, to love truth, righteousness, justice, be wise, be gentle, be servants of all
1: well and then this is another dimension of spiritual warfare that when you come recognize yourself as a a servant see in every aspect of our lives the enemy is there to counter and Mm -hmm. to accuse and And he preaches his gospel
0: everywhere like you deserve a break it's what what do you want you know you should get what you want yeah take control those are all demon messages Mm -hmm. that are very i mean those are the messages of the world
1: um, and, and then one of the things that when we become servants, it's like, you know, your servant, you, it's, the enemy lies to us like this. You're a fool. Yeah. They're People
0: gonna, are going to take, take advantage, you, advantage yeah, uh-huh, of you. They're going to take advantage of you.
1: Nobody recognizes you. Nobody. Yep. No, nobody cares. There's
0: no place in this, in, a, in a, the mind and heart and life of a servant for insecurity. A, a servant cannot be insecure. He cannot not know who he is. He cannot operate out of fear of what people will say or even having the wrong concept of, of God. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, you know, he can't be selfish. He can't have a double agenda. You can't have two lists of things to do today, your list and God's list. If you're, if you're following God, then it's all God's list. Thy will be done, O oh God, you know. Um, he's, the servant is really surrendered. And given to the will of God. And, and at that point where the disciples were wanting to be great and be appointed and anointed to the right and left hand, they didn't, hadn't yet gotten this. They were not yet really converted. They were still following. They were ooing and eyeing. Jesus had given them power, but they really had no clue of this whole well, uh, Je- Jesus coming to lay down his life.
1: Right. But they, Jesus was talking about a kingdom. So they, right. had, a, they had an idea of a, of a kingdom. Oh, that they did. There's rulership. Mm-hmm. There's people in charge. We're going to be in, ki- in, in kingdom. And, and Jesus is is going to be the the king of the kingdom, and we're going to be right next to him, yeah. which is true. But it's a whole different thing. You mentioned it earlier. It's a it's a kingdom that is so foreign, totally contrary <laughs> to yeah. the kingdoms of this world mm-hmm. right now. Um, it you you read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five right. six seven eight right, right through there these are the values of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. These are the mm-hmm. principles of how the kingdom of God operates. Yeah. And, it's, and it's different, you know, that you're happy, you're blessed when you mourn because you receive comfort. And it's like, blessed? You know, I'm blessed when I'm just happy, when I'm partying, when I'm doing this and this. And he said, no, blessed are those who mourn. So it's it's values that are totally contrary yeah. to the world. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but the, these are the values that well, Jesus... Uh, lived he exemplified and he enables us by the power of his spirit by the power of that new life that's within us he enables us to uh, live this out uh, as we we're learning we're learning to live this out by his grace by his spirit you know
0: what the servant um, is surrendered he lays down his life he's done trying to live his life he's given it up to the will of God he's committed to the things that pertain to the kingdom of God as you're talking about which make us as servants militant for the truth, really, um, not compromisers, not willing to uh, discuss the truth or argue a particular point of view or have an opinion because they're militant for the truth of God's word, rightly divided. And they're active in doing the work of being the, 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 of the kingdom, doing the work of the kingdom, using the spiritual power, being in the will of God, walking with God working to bring souls and lives that are lost into the kingdom pr- uh, pressing in suffering sacrificing for those who are still really floundering in the snake pit it's all about servant suffering sacrificing giving up loving not your own life um you know surrendering giving it away and we see people like that sometimes in the in the church in the stories of the the Christians and we think wow that's weird And yet it's not weird. It's really spiritually normal to be that dedicated. And the people in the church are that undedicated that to them, this seems strange. A lot of people, not everybody in the church. I mean, they're very dedicated to the work of whatever they think might be the kingdom. And maybe some of it is the kingdom. But the point is the kingdom of God is mostly what we don't really realize it is. It is what Jesus said. It is laying down your life. It is being involved and absorbed in the will of God, the truth of God. Uh, ye love not your life to the death. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. They love not their life to the death. This is the commitment level that God requires of those who would be great in the kingdom of God and those who would be great are also, first of all, called to be the servants, where the servants now may be great later.
1: Yeah, well, that's greatness is in serving. Greatness is in serving. Galatians 5.13 Paul writes, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty, okay, freedom, Mm -hmm, right? Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So what he's saying there is that uh, our liberty uh, gives us opportunity to serve one another. And, and a lot of times we think, well... Without,
0: you see, and one of the things there, too, is liberty to not be offended, liberty to die, liberty to not try to bring your own sense of justice or right or whatever. It's just dying. Serving is, in, in a lot of ways, the word is, is summed up in the word dying. You die to yourself, die to your own ideas, die to your own agenda, um, and you work the work of God. The work of a servant, you know... His, the, the, the quality of the work really ca- tells you what kind of a servant you have. And so the work of a servant and his quality, the quality of dedication, becomes the expression of his intention. Listen, the expression of your intention. Show me, uh, James is saying, show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Or really what he was saying in, in addition to that is show me your faith without your works if you can. It's impossible. And I will show you my faith by my faithfulness to do the work, to do the work of the kingdom because faith without works is dead. And a lot of us are doing what we think is the work of the kingdom. And I'm not going to judge what you're doing in terms of you, you, the, the Lord, the, the Lord is the master Romans 14 to the servant, to his own master stands their faults. It's up to the, the the master to correct and instruct his own servants. And a servant isn't got the right or authority to judge another servant or or to manage them, so we are to our own master, Jesus Christ, we must give an answer.
1: Well, service is, is to be at every level. And a lot of times, you know, the... That's, say, say that's,
0: the can I say that? Because yeah. it's at every level, because you made me think of this. We're in a covenant relationship with God. A covenant means everything that I have is yours, everything you have is mine. Mm-hmm. Jesus won us. At the cross, in that three-day battle between the cross and the resurrection, Jesus Christ won us as part of the spoils. That means we're, we're now his. He bought for us our healings. He bought for us our, our clear minds. He bought for us our deliverances. He bought for us the right to be uh, brought into his kingdom and to live and, and thrive in that kingdom. And so, uh, But in this covenant relationship, Um, everything he has, he's given to us, and everything then we, in return, have we give to him, although we have not as much to bring to the table. Everything we have, we bring to the table. You have my breath, my life, my thoughts, my mind, my heart, my desires, my ambitions, my talents, gifts, and aptitudes, whatever it is, I give it to the kingdom of God for full service to the king of kings. And therefore, the talents I have are not mine to grow in some sort of public appreciation of me, but they are to enforce and uh, enlarge the kingdom of God and the work of that kingdom.
1: Well, all of it is about serving, you know, with different levels of serving. Uh, it, it's like basically say a leader, we tend to say a CEO of a company. Okay. You could say, well, he's the top dog. Everybody serves him. No, really. What is he doing? A good CEO is serving his company
0: so they, through, mm-hmm. through
1: leadership.
0: That's okay? what Jesus did In the kingdom
1: right. of God, we have people that serve the Lord that serve us, say prophets, mm-hmm. uh, apostles, let's, let's, let's take it. Apostles serve by going in and kind of they're breakers. They kind they of go into life. new territories and share the kingdom of God, uh, prophets. They serve us by speaking forth the word of the God. The truth
0: and correction. Yeah. And yeah, we don't uh, want to be corrected. Evangelists
1: <laughs> serve by communicating the gospel of Christ. Pastors serve by caring for the flock, mm-hmm. uh, and, and teachers serve by expounding the Word of God to us. So all this is service at various levels. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is they wanted to... Um,
0: For the edification of the body it, of Christ, Paul's, the building up of the
1: kingdom, right? The, 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 you mentioned about, we talked about carnal early, mm-hmm. earlier. The, the Corinthians had all these gifts of the Spirit that was operating, but they didn't have much fruit of the Spirit.
0: Mm-hmm. That's and, right.
1: And, and they were uh, they were they were they had all these spiritual gifts, but yet they were carnal. Okay, they were so, operating according to a whole different system because in First you know, Corinthians three, they were arguing about who they're going to follow. Right. I'm of Apollos, I'm of Peter, right. I'm of Paul, I am of Christ. Mm-hmm. And he said, Paul says you're carnal. He mm-hmm. says all us all us guys are just fellow servants mm-hmm. by whom you believe. Mm-hmm. We're ju- we're servants. So don't align yourself with just one or two and thinking, well, they're the best and they're my favorite. Mm-hmm. They're, we're all servants together, uh, enter and walk into the kingdom of God.
0: Right, and he was saying your works are going to be determined by, by that day, D-A-Y with a capital D, and the fire is going to you know, determine whether those works were wood, hay, and stubble, or gold, silver, precious stones. And some things are very flammable. And of course, some of our carnal works are quite going to be all burnt up. But the problem is, you know, I mean, God is able to instruct us if we're willing to be instructed. The problem is if you have a spiritual gifts and you're exercising those gifts without and without the power and direction of the Holy Spirit, your fruit will not be the fruit of the Spirit. And those gifts can be operating even today in car- the, Holy, the Holy Spirit may be absent in exercising of some of those gifts which means then that the result of the gift is not uh, the kingdom of God. It's not um, the spirit of God. It's not, um, you know, the fruit of the spirit. It's not love, joy, peace. So when you are operating as a servant, truly, though we are not uh, responsible for the outcome of of when a servant is sent to do something and they do it and they're using the means that they've been given to do it. And the father, the, the master, must supply those means. The servant simply goes in, does the assignment, doesn't do more, doesn't do less, doesn't leave until it's finished. But the servant is not responsible or graded on the outcome. You may be simply a servant that's a messenger like a prophet who sent to give a message to someone. You're not there to enforce the message. You're not there to make them do it. You're not there to even make them hear it. You're just simply a messenger of the Most High, like Jeremiah. And so those prophets, they just get delivered the message to deaf ears. People were actually belligerent and dangerous. They had to go in amongst kings who could cut their head off with the with the flip of a wrist. You know, I'm just with the word, they would be dead. But we're here to do only as servants what the Lord commands us. And the rest is his problem, the ending, the outcome. And so if you're looking to judge yourself, and how the outcomes are in your world, in your life, you are going to be looking at the uh, uh, something that's very discouraging, something that's that's, that's uh, will draw you to a wrong conclusion.
1: Right. You can't look at we we usually when we do something we're wanting recognition. You can't look at what things look, look like, <laughs> human recognition, right. and results that we think we should have.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, a
1: true servant is is Blind. in a sense dead. Yeah, to recognition Mm -hmm. if people appreciate whether people appreciate me or not, or whether they hate me or love me or send me a thank you note or not. It it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to keep serving anyway. Because I don't live. I don't live for recognition. I I don't live for results. We all want to see results. okay? if we plant a garden, we want to see a harvest. okay? but sometimes we plant and we sow and we don't see things that we, we we'd like to see.
0: Right as far as as
1: far as results, but the thing is, is that we keep, we just keep serving anyway.
0: Right. We just keep we just
1: keep doing. And uh, there was a lesson years ago. I worked in a I had in a workplace where I had done a a a certain job. I had completed one task, and I looked over, and there was another task that needed to be done. And I thought, you know what, Um, I'm done with this. I'm going to go and do this. Well, what happened without was, asking? was without asking, my foreman came over and he said, what are you doing meth, doing with this? Cause I don't want you to do this, you know, get yeah. back over here. So I, I learned a lesson there. It's that a servant doesn't do everything he sees needs to be done. Exactly. He does what he's told to do. Mm-hmm. A servant is listening to the Lord back. And I'll just go on with this for just a little bit in the old Testament there was a principle there where if someone was a servant, say they were a servant, they were like a slave, say for about maybe five years or whatever it was. Say he served his master five years. He had an obligation to serve for five years. And after that, he could go free. But if he said, you know what? I don't really want to go free. I love my my master. I want to stay here and keep working for him. and And what they would do then, what the... What the Bible prescribes that they would take this servant's ear, the master would take the servant's ear, ear lobe and and put it against a, a like a post and and take an awl, which is a you know a sharp like an ice pick mm-hmm. and poke a hole, so he had like a pierced ear, mm-hmm. and I don't I know if they ever you. put earrings in there or what, but people recognized that this servant.
0: Had voluntarily, he was he was
1: a love slave
0: because he had voluntarily laid down his. Yeah, he had the the pierced ear. That
1: was the mark of someone that was serving, not because he he was under obligation, it's because but because of love and dedication to his master. He was a willing servant.
0: Yeah, isn't that kind of interesting that his ear was pierced, and Jesus was pierced for us when he became that complete sacrifice, that love servant.
1: Well, um, the, and you know, this, it's interesting. The ear, I think, is significant because, like, like what I said about a servant does what they're told to do. Told, and yeah, the goes the yep. There of you the go. Ear.
0: Very cool. And
1: so, yeah.
0: Well, so, and, but speaking about ears, you know, a lot of people can render to God in in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. We see a lot of that discussion of lip service. You know, pr- promises they're making. Oh yes, yes, we we agree. We we love God. We believe in God. But that the same time they were offering sacrifices to the queen of heaven for example in the book mm-hmm. of jeremiah mm-hmm. and so the servant doesn't offer lip service which really is nothing more than ultimately flattery or hypocrisy you know the genuine servant who is spiritually bought and paid for with the price that he knows um, is a doer of the work not a hearer only there are many people who hear and do not do and James says that brings deception so if you sit in a church or read or listen to the the sermons online or whatever you for over and over and over you become a hearer of the word and not a doer it actually opens the door to deception you have to make a decision you must get in in and do the work and this doesn't mean we just do whatever we want to do when we serve um, we're willing to lift the heavy burdens um, to work with Christ Jesus to set the captives free, um, to do it without the idea of I will I'm going to get a reward or somebody's going to say thank you. And, and interesting enough in Luke where the disciples said to, to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. How do we get more faith? Story of the servant who worked all day came in and made a bo- and then after he worked all day hot and sweaty and hungry he came in and and set the kitchen together and put a bowl of soup in front of his master and and he he fed the master he took care of him and and so Jesus is saying you know what the whole thing about getting more faith is just be more faithful just be faithful in the little things follow through and finish what God has called you to do don't sit down in the middle of the road and say i can't do it god has given you today enough grace to do his will if he didn't give you enough day, grace today to do his will then he would not could not Uh, legally or, or, or righteously require it of you. He couldn't require that you do his will if he didn't give you what you needed to finish the project. Same with any kind of things that you might be doing for the kingdom of God, any assignment you might have. God gives us the grace and he gives us the strength. He gives us the energy, He gives us the time. He gives us the finances. He gives us what we need to do his will. And if that is not there, if there's not enough finances to complete whatever it is you think God wants you to do, then it's not your problem. You wait upon the Lord until he provides because then you know you're walking in the spirit and you're not forcing things and you're not, you know, throwing a fit and losing your faith because God isn't doing what you wanted him to do.
1: Well, we're serving Christ. This is why uh, Christians should be the very best employees in the world. They should be the best employees. We should be. Why? Because we serve Christ. You know Paul, mm-hmm. Christ is first. You no, know, whatever we do, Paul said, do it heartily unto the Lord and not unto men. We're not just doing it, we're not doing a good job just because our you know our boss is watching us or looking over our shoulder, then we're working. when he's out, then we're playing on the internet or something. Hey, listen, God, we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we're serving him with
0: gladness too. And, and,
1: and yeah, with joy. Serve the Lord with what gladness, and Psalm 100, serve the Lord with what gladness, come before his presence with singing and so forth. So, what I'm one of the things too related to that is that be, being a servant to other people, a servant thinks of others first, God first, and then others. Uh, what that does not mean. That we're wishy-washy, we just go with the flow, or we have no, or, or we're we're a nothing. Being right. a servant
0: does not mean you're a nothing. That we're you not have no, you're, that you don't count, you don't matter. Actually, being a servant is the only way to freedom, really, in the kingdom of God. Because once you've become a servant, you've surrendered your life, you know, you know, you've thrown away what you can't keep to gain what you cannot lose, kind of thing. The servant. Doesn't have to fret. We don't have to fret. We're free, free from uh, anxiety, Uh, free from fear, free from uh, not having enough free from lack free from um, having to be responsible to make something happen or, you know, provide something or, or successfully, I I don't have to make anything happen. I'm free from all of that, because that my job is just to do what God said. Um, We just give day by day. And God gives us the strength and the wisdom and the desire to complete the work with joy and peace. So being a servant is, is really a place of liberation. Um, you know, we, we don't get our satisfaction from seeing all kinds of things gathered and tasks accomplished. And, um, but in knowing, really, that we have done the will of God. Paul said it this way, he says, I fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You know, look at Paul's life. It was not nice and clean and neat. It didn't have straight, perfect edges. It wasn't a a nice, you know, neat, wrapped up package, uh, supreme, wonderful gold medals and, and all kinds of accomplishments. His life was a ragtag, tattered, you know, beat up, bloody mess. And sitting in that jail waiting to be executed, which he didn't know for sure if he was going to be executed or let go or whatever. I mean. He had had the shipwrecks, the homelessness, chased out of town, beaten within uh, inches of his life on how many occasions? And here he's saying, I did it. Good. What did he accomplish? He had no idea what he accomplished. He didn't know his books were going to be published and survive. He didn't know that, you know, there was going to be a, uh, a, there was no big gathering of applause as he entered the arena. He was probably executed in some quiet little cave or off the off the side of the streets, kind of thing. He finished. He was happy. He says, "I have fought a good fight. I didn't lose. I won. I kept because I kept the faith." Henceforth, he was looking to that city whose builder and maker is God, like was Abraham and others. He laid up for me a, a crown. Laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Now, so he had settled it with himself. He was good. Good to go. Now, he he had pushed through. Incredible odds. And I believe that Paul was the one God used probably more than any other human being to give us the understanding of the word of God, of the, the law, gospel. Yeah. the gospel, the concepts of grace, truth, the inner workings of the body of death, the, all kinds of things. God just gave him so many brilliant downloads. It's unbelievable. And one of the things he said when he was writing to Timothy about being a servant Paul was writing to Timothy. He said in verse chapter 2, 2 Timothy, verse 24, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. And in the Old King James, it says, in opposition to themselves. For what purpose? For this purpose. For if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. The servant of the Lord must be very wise to stay out of the way so that he doesn't become the target of the, of the intended um, persons, the, 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 the identified person, the one you're trying to help. So that you as a servant don't become the target for their wrath or their, an excuse or justification for them to stay lost or stay confused. We have to be gentle We have to be out of the way. We have to get out of the way so that they find no fault in us so that they have to deal directly with God and they can't get lost and distracted in getting mad at us for something that we could or should have done and didn't do. So that's why the Sermon of the Lord must not quarrel. It's not about, you know, uh, arguing the word of God with these lost people. The word of God is a sharp two-edged sword. That means for every verse that you give them, There's another verse that they can throw back at you that is just as legitimate in the Bible that cancels out what you just said. So the word of God must be rightly divided. It must be um, given in in a spirit of love. It says, speaking the truth, which is the word of God, in love that they may grow up. And so the point is, you can either give them all love and no truth, or you can give them all truth and no love. And in in neither case will they grow up. The servant of the Lord must be very wise. And sometimes it's time to say something, and sometimes it's time to say nothing. And it's important to know what time it is.
1: Well, again, what we're saying about being a servant of other people does not mean you're a servant of everybody's opinion. It doesn't mean you're a chameleon. Where you you try to you know adapt to every situation and every opinion and you just agree along with everything. That's not what it is to be a. We're not men pleasers. Mm-hmm. We're God pleasers. And sometimes you mentioned about Paul. You, you look at all the all through the Bible, Jeremiah, Isaiah, John the Baptist, uh, in, any number of people in the scriptures. The really great men and women of God. They were they were basically despised and rejected right, by men, right. that sort of thing. They were not They were not appreciated. God, the reward for the servant of God is not necessarily in this life, it's later, because God is keeping track. He's keeping, the, he, he's keeping the record. But it's
0: not just like, okay, well, we have to wait, 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 wait for our eternal reward. I don't even think of my eternal reward. I'm glad I'm going I to I don't heaven. think about it either. But really. what it is is it's, um you know, we're committed to the kingdom of God. We're surrendered. And in that there's a great amount of satisfaction. There's a great fullness. There's a great sense of, of, of goodness and completion and things being right. Um, you know, we're given to the work that God assigns us to do, but we don't ever do it in our own strength. So the anointing, right. the grace, uh, the, the Bible says, I can of my own self. Jesus says of my own self, I can do nothing, but Then he says, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so with God, all things are possible. With me trying to do it myself, it's more than likely going to be a a complete failure and and quickly uh, exposed. But the thing is, when we give this to God, we're we're operating under the power of what God had given the disciples. You know, he says, here's the job list in Matthew 10. He says, go preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise Mm -hmm. the dead, Mm -hmm. cast out demons. Mm -hmm. Freely you receive, freely give. Now this is a pretty exciting life.
1: That's serving.
0: That's the the jobs of the servants are to do those things. Heal the sick. Now isn't that a great thing? Wouldn't that bring just great satisfaction to see someone you laid hands, you prayed for them, and the Spirit of God moved in them, and they were delivered, and they were healed, and they were brought back to life, or they were um, brought back to hope in Christ. Isn't that isn't leading somebody to Jesus and, and praying with mm-hmm. them? Isn't that reward enough?
1: Casting out a demon to see people be set free from mm-hmm. the powers of darkness—that's
0: not a boring wow. life,
1: right? You know, and, and raising the dead. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that, that that's powerful. So it's it's That's not way
0: a... above being a servant of God is way above being your own man on earth, suiting and serving yourself. Being yeah. a servant of God is way higher than anything we can put together for ourselves on earth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we look at there, there's a joy in serving. There's a power. There's a many great blessings in serving. Uh, Even though that we don't get our appreciation from people. We're not living for that. We might not get a lot of recognition. Our our recognition might be opposition. Yeah. You know, that that's how we, you know, there are people Mm -hmm. coming against us, but, God is keeping track and there there's a reward for faithful servants. Now in Matthew 25 Jesus talks about the par- parable of the talents, right the one right. talent, the two talent, the, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, mm-hmm. five, five talent. So basically a servant, a faithfulness, faithfulness, the guy that the, the one that, servant that had the one talent that buried it, he thought he was being faithful. He was careful pre- he, was he was careful, careful protected. Mm-hmm. Make sure that nothing you know nothing, that it. I don't lose it, because mm-hmm. then my my master is going to be mad at me and all that. Mm-hmm. So he had this whole wrong concept of what it is to be a servant. It was a whole wrong concept of who his master was, that he's a hard man and all that stuff. So he had this whole incorrect concept. But what are the the, um, the two talent ones? He invested and got two more. Mm-hmm. The five talent one invested and got five more, mm-hmm. and so basically, they're the faithful ones yeah. they invested now we're not in talent there we're talking about money, maybe a talent of gold or silver or something like that. What we're talking about here are gifts God has invested a lot in us, he's given us gifts, he's enriched us with spiritual gifts. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So a lot of times we have all these gifts, Marjorie, that that most of the time we haven't tapped into. There's so much, there's so many, so much gifting that He's given us. Whatever ability or uh, that He has given us, mm-hmm. just uh, just sometimes, sometimes we have like natural tendencies, you know, mm-hmm. natural aptitude, say for music or athleticism or something like that but it's the it's the ability Paul said that you, when you whatever you do do it with the ability that God has given you so the the holy spirit gives us ability to do certain things and let's let's in, invest that let's develop that oh. uh so so it 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 becomes to its its fullest potential it's not done through human effort it's done by submitting obedience, to the spirit yeah. of God obedience making the most of what you have, maximizing uh, your life in Christ.
0: Yeah, and you know the thing is we cannot develop our spiritual life with our carnal mind, and we cannot allow the enemy who come, sometimes impersonates or comes in uh, into our lives, our understanding, our conscious awareness, as uh, our own personal thoughts or feelings. We cannot develop ourselves. This serving God is you die first and then you're God. So you're putty in his hands. He's the potter. You're the clay. You let him shape the, the, the instrument that we are to be. And so many times I think we, we can be discouraged with our own expectations. The devil will put in your mind well, you should be doing this by now. You should be this far along. Or Mm -hmm. if you're really a Christian, you could be, you would be, should be, you're not in the ministry. You should be in the ministry look, you've only been a, a, you know, a dentist or something, and you should have been in the ministry. Um, this is kind of the thing that Satan does to torment us and pull us away from the peace of God. Uh, and this is where we die. This is where we trust. This is where we say, thy will be done, O God. You know, you may look like, and you may have to wait years for God to bring forth the true gifts mm-hmm. in you. You may have to suffer. You may have to live under the shadow of, of serving someone else. I know both who have lived their whole life serving one cantankerous, mean, bitter, vindictive, ungrateful spouse. They have prayed for that person. They have waited on God for that person. They've cried out for their souls. And finally, their spouse gets saved, maybe before or after the, the, the servant dies. But the thing is, you know, if that's what God has for you, then God will give you an absolute full life doing that your life will be full of his peace his joy his wisdom his goodness and you will have a real life you'll have a life that means something you know a lot of people are trapped and strapped in 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 the places where satan has put them in these terrible pits these these places pens positions situations that they cannot get out of they're absolutely stuck and satan would have it so and then god will send a servant along To encourage them, to bear one another's burdens, to give them hope, to give them a word. It may be just a word from God. It may be just the very thing that God wants them to know. Uh, Whatever it is, our job is not to um, judge ourselves. Our job is not to assess our own service to the king. Our job is to listen and to do what he says and be faithful in what he's called us to do. And not to be all hung up on, I could have, should have, and... because the devil will create a lot of discouragement and, and a lot of um, dissatisfaction in those who. And that's where the temptation comes, I believe, to servants is to be dissatisfied or to feel uncompleted, unfulfilled, because the devil says, but you could have had this. You could be doing this by now. Look at all the people who got this. Look at they're all well set. They've got their vacations. They got their their retirement. They got their this. They got their that. And you're still out there in the harvest field. And you know what? It's okay to be in the harvest field until you drop until you die, until you're called home. That's where we should be. We want to be, we must be, we are that's where we're called to be in the harvest field, whatever that looks like in your particular place, it may be surrounding surrounded by lots of people or just being faithful in a little thing.
1: Well, that's what Jesus said he said if you're, he's, if you're faithful in that which is least, you'll be faithful in greater things let's let's I've got a question I want to bring out. Marjorie about what about there's a servant, say someone that, that loves Jesus, but they feel like they're stuck. They're stuck in a dead end job. They're stuck at a place where, Mm -hmm. I mean, where they feel like I'm not being, there's, there's more that I'm wanting to be doing. I feel like, you know, feel like, Mm -hmm. or I'm, but it's just, there's more that I would like to be doing. I'm not satisfied here. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I want to get out there and, and so, do something else. But right now I feel like I'm stuck here and I just like can't get out. I don't know what it is I'm supposed to do, but I know I'm supposed to do something different. I want to do something different, mm-hmm. but I'm here in this job. And uh, I, I, it's a
0: situation
1: or, or, or situation or family situation or whatever, where you feel like they're, they're, they're stuck, but they want to be free to do something else. What would you mm-hmm advice to someone that that is not a quick fix
0: easy cliche answer but first of all i would say that the dissatisfaction is 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 could be one of two things and by the way both god and satan are always working in the same place at the same time to do the opposite thing that dissatisfaction may be the holy spirit working in you to bring you to the place where you're willing to take a risk make a move Uh, be ready, be desperate enough to to get out of there to do something different. So that, that dissatisfaction may be the Holy Spirit beginning to move in you, stir in you, wean you away from the place where you are to get you to look to move forward, to go into another place. But the dissatisfaction from the enemy would bring the fruit of discouragement and feeling like maybe I'm not in the will of God. I need to be in the will of God. I need to find the will of God. And, you know, this is one of the big problems with servants is they they oftentimes are tormented by the idea of I need to find the will of God, be in the will of God, assuming, which assumes um, that we're not in the will of God. And this is where Satan torments a lot of believers. You know, God knows where you are right now. And he knew from eternity, from eternity beginning, even to now, that you'd be right here right now in this place. He, he, He knows it all. He knew that. And so he knows that you're you know, where you're at, dissatisfied, stuck, whatever you are. And in that place, God is still working on you. God is still working to will and do of his good pleasure. You are his workmanship. He's bringing you through a place of waiting or refining or dying or suffering or whatever it is to perfect Christ, the image of Christ in us. So don't worry about being in the will of God. If you want the will of God, you're in the will of God. That's the simple I know it's so simple. People have made it so complicated. Satan's made it so. If you want the will of God, can't be out of the will of God because God wants you in the will of God. You and God both want the will of God. And only the devil is the one trying to say, you're not in the will of God, but you're in the will of God. If you want the will of God, if you want the will of God, relax, God's got it. He will lead you and he is leading. you. that's the other problem. We think, oh, you know, I've got to do something to get God to hear me, to lead me, to, to do something for me, to use me, blah, blah, blah. God is. He is right now, while you think he's not. He is using you. He is leading you. He is perfecting that which concerns you. He is very busy in your life right now, even though the devil's trying to make you feel miserable, dissatisfied, and that God's far away. The devil is doing that. That is your temptation. That is the body of death operating software that's trying to raise up its debate against what you already know. And you know in your spirit, God is good. God is for you. God has got this and you are with God, you want his will, and once you know that in the spirit, whether it looks terrible and looks crazy and stuck on the outside, you still have that peace on the inside, that it's okay, God's got this, and with that kind of peace comes faith and confidence, and the faith and confidence then leads you to take that next step, whether it's a a step you've made many times before, or it's a bold new step, that God is going to lead you as he is leading you, and as he always has led you, so Really assessing your life from the point of how I feel about what's going on is is profitless. Right. The other thing is when you're in a tough situation, you have no more moves that you can make. You have your, your no more money. The rent is due. You're losing your house. You're losing your marriage. Blah, blah, blah. You have no more moves. It looks like on the board, on the game board, you have no more moves that you can make in the natural. You have one move left and that move is in the spiritual. That move is to go into the court of heaven and, and, and look at what's going on. Satan may be holding you against your will, detaining you in this very difficult uh, boxed up situation. Because he can. Because he's, he's the accused of the brethren. Because he's presented his case against you. So it's your turn to go up into the court of heaven and present your case. Of course, under the guidance of the, the faithful witness, the, Jesus Christ himself, who knows all about it. Knows the truth and knows what the devil's done to slam and scam and slander your name. And Jesus knows the truth. And so you go out to present, repent, confess the sin, confess the sins of your generation. There's been, we're under a huge avalanche, people. We've, this, this world has been here for thousands of years. There have been thousands and millions of agreements in your bloodline that have, that have been made with darkness. You are not going to know them all. But you do know that those things that were made with darkness are contrary to who you are. And so you can confess those things as sin, especially the sins of idolatry, uh, you know, using, you know, putting into independence, taking control of things yourself, that becomes idolatry. Your experiences become your idolatry. That becomes your governing force rather than the Word of God. Confessing those things like idolatry, and if you know there's um, rejection and brutality and um, the unloving spirits have prevailed in your, blo- in your bloodline, Pre- confess those things as sin and uh, abomination against the heart of God. Confess them and then repent. For your own participation in them, knowingly and unknowingly, and ask God to release you, that the court of heaven will release you into the fullness of what God has for you, because many of us are being detained um, by the enemy's um, uh, accusations against us. And we have agreed with his evidence. We've agreed with guilt. We've agreed with I'm bad. We've agreed with I don't deserve. And that's all vanity because it's not about you it's not about your sin your sin has been taken care of now believe that and surrender yourself as a servant to Jesus Christ let God release you from the grip of serving the devil and we serve the devil through fear release be released into the fullness of love knowing you are loved knowing you still can love you have still been you still have the option to love people no matter how messed up your life is and do that so that would be my answer i know it's a quick answer but uh, you know, people seek God, seek God, his direction and know you are. He's got you. He knows where you are. He loves you and he can bring you into the place of rich fulfillment. That's like, I'm going to end with some, I think it's Psalm 66.
1: Well, while you're looking for, while you're finding that, I just want to say that when you're there at that place where you feel like you're stuck, you're jammed in there, sometimes you just need a matter of a changing of your perspective. Okay. Just saying that, okay, Lord, here I am. There's opportunities here. This is maybe not my number one preference right now, but I want to be faithful here. I want to be joyful here. I want to be a blessing here as long as you have me here, Lord. And and the thing is to remember, Marjorie, is that in every situation, God is preparing us for the next steps. There's always next steps. Mm -hmm. Some of them may be very dramatic and life-changing. Some may be more subtle. But God is getting us ready for, for the next things. But he is, he is at work in us. You know, Jeremiah, God took Jeremiah to the potter's house. Mm-hmm. What happens with the chunk of clay on the on the pottery hill? It goes around and around and around. It mm-hmm. seems like, oh, it's just like a routine, routine, routine. But through all that, mm-hmm. God is shaping us Amen. to make us something beautiful as a servant for his kingdom.
0: And that's why we need to look at this from God's perspective in Psalm 66. O bless our God, verse 8, you people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. For you, O God, have proved us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You have brought us into the net. You have laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire. We went through the water. But you brought us out to rich fulfillment. God has allowed Satan to test his workmanship in us through these Fiery trials, and part of those are the trials of being a servant. And so, Father, we thank you for bringing us into the place of rich fulfillment, that that was your intention and your heart all along, and that we were tempted to judge you as being unfaithful, as being unkind, as being uncaring, as being absent from our lives. Forgive us, Lord God, for judging you uh, for those things that we have been tempted to do ourselves, for you are faithful, you are good, and you cannot be tempted with evil. Thank you for giving us the grace to endure the fiery trials as servants and bringing us through the fire, through the water, into the place of rich fulfillment. And God, we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: a war for your soul.